Welcome to the Real Real Estate Show on WTBQ. This is Liz Ridgway, and I'm here with my co-host. Suzanne Germany. From, we're both from the Goshen office. Both from the Goshen office, and I'm licensed in New Jersey and work out of the Wyckoff office as well. Uh, we're here on our show on WTBQ 93.5 FM and 1110 AM, and we're happy you could join us today. We have kind of a mishmash of topics we're going to go over today that we thought were all very Timely and important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I think Suzanne, well, let's talk about what we did this weekend. Yeah, we like to talk about that because it, you know, a reconnects us because we haven't seen each other in a while. But uh, this past weekend, uh, we actually on Saturday went to Connecticut. We went to dinner uh, right outside Greenwich to good friends of ours and met up with a lot of girlfriends of mine. The fun thing was, so we normally go and hang out, you know, if we go to Philadelphia, we, my husband's from Philadelphia, and we go to Philadelphia, and, uh, you know, I'm always having to listen to all their childhood memories. That's right. all they talk about. It's this little town, little area called Toby Farms. And, uh, you know, everyone talks about Toby Farms, and me and the in-laws were all kind of like glaze over because you can only talk about Toby Farms so much. Well, this weekend, we went to my girlfriend's house in Connecticut, and uh all the women were from Goshen. We're all local oh, Goshen okay. girls. And I'm the only one that lives there now. But uh, it was so funny because all the girls were talking about Goshen and old town Goshen and growing up and things like that. And you could see the guys all kind of glazing over. <laughs> and it was very funny because, you know, my husband at one point was kind of like looking around. I'm like, dude, this is like Toby Farms. You know, right. I gave him air quotes, Toby <laughs> Farms. So be patient with me. This is all good stuff. Yeah, you, you had know? your moment. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun. It's a beautiful part of the country, Connecticut, you mm. know, and uh, we were in Coscob, which is a suburb of Greenwich or you know, what was the hamlet um, of Greenwich? Was it peak yet for the um, leaves? <laughs> well, we drove over in the evening, so oh. for us, yeah, we got there late. But um, it's always a beautiful drive. You know, you cross yeah. the river; it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think peak is late this year, really late. Well, actually. probably because of all the rain we've had. Well, and I think because it hasn't been getting, it wasn't getting cold at night. It was still like warm nights. I think the change starts when we start getting the cold nights. And I think that was um, a little postponed this year because usually we're past peak by now, I think, anyway. Yeah, we're almost November. Absolutely. Yeah. Peak would normally be, I think, the second week in October Yeah. for us down here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're definitely, uh, it's kind of off this year. Yeah. Um, I stayed what local. What about you? What'd you do? I stayed local. We went to the Warwick Winery. That's um, fun. Me and a bunch of girls. Um, My daughter's gone there. I haven't been there. Yeah. It's it's lovely. I mean, even nicer when the weather's nice. Um, oh. But, you know, they have the inside facilities there too so mm-hmm. um i kind of tagged along on this one this is more my sister-in-law's um group of friends uh but i am working with one of the friend's daughters in oh, finding cute. a property in jersey <laughs> so we've been seeing each other a lot and talking and whatnot and they're like hey why don't you just meet you know you're up there meet us over at uh the winery so uh we did that for um a big birthday for one of the ladies and oh, that's so fun <laughs> so yeah it was a good time yeah so i actually went to a a Halloween party, not a Halloween party, but a gathering uh, last night. And, um, you know, you get there and I'm working with one of my friend's kids. So, of course, you talk to your friend yes. all about the transaction and the right. showings and the houses. So it's very funny how all of a sudden, you know, we're working the next generation. Yes, and, that's exactly yeah, what's happening. They, they, uh, I know I'm feeling old. No, no, it's all good. But like this morning, it's so funny. So again, another generational person, and a friend of my daughter's, who's, you know, she's 28. And uh, she, uh, the mom called me today from Florida because she can't be here to be with her daughter while she's buying a house. We're looking over in the Poughkeepsie area. But the mom called me today and she's like, thank you so much for being there for my daughter and guiding her and helping. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. Don't worry. I got her. You know, I got her back. And, you know, I know her mom can't be here. So, well, it's nice when people do come to you that know you personally. Definitely. Um, A personal referral. Yeah, that's a big part of our business. Because then that person is really trusting you um yes. they're not like oh are you just telling me that because you know i'll go find my own inspector all it no you know we we recommend people throughout the process because we trust them and have worked with them for years yes sometimes decades and mm-hmm. uh, depending on how long you've been licensed for and we know who is 
great in mm-hmm. the industry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to use like attorney recommendations, um, inspector recommendations, you know, who's going to look at your septic, right. who's going to do tank sweeps. We do a lot of tank sweeps in Jersey. Um, and so you build that relationship with, you know, these other uh, vendors. Yep. And um, we don't get... You know, we don't get paid for referring these people. No, I think some no. people think that sometimes, but it is nice when, you know, you're not constantly being questioned or, you know, mm, what are your motives, you know, recommending these people when you're working with friends and family, which some people are like, oh, don't work with friends and family. You know, that's a I mistake. Know, I don't get that. I love working with friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I, you, as real estate agents were required, we have everyone's back. You know, yeah. we have every client, no matter who they are, but it's when you know the person, there's a, a nice comfort zone and of course yeah. you have their back. I just think it it just goes smoother too a lot of the time. I mean, unless you're dealing with a very difficult friend or family member, <laughs> and they're <laughs> that, out there, that could not go smoothly. But it just feels like you know they trust you, yes. and you do get through the process. I think easily. I the, I I like working with family and friends. What's well, so sure. funny? So both of these kids are younger. You know, the, yeah. my kids' friends, and uh, they're like, "Oh, Mrs. Germany, thank you so much." I said, "Jessica." Now you have to call me Suzanne. Yeah. It's no longer Mrs. Germany. You know, right. I had to say that twice to both clients yesterday. It was very cute. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I also had an inspection. And, you know, I the the parents were like, well, who's the inspector? I said, listen, this is a good inspector who's going to find something wrong with the house. I, I don't ever say to my inspector, wink, wink, you know. Yeah. And the inspector knows his job is not for me. His job is for the client. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And they know... I'm not working for the realtor. I'm working. And I think people get right. kind of hazy about that. But there's yeah. no relationship with the inspector. The relationship is between the inspector and uh, the buyer. Yeah, that's his client. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And we let them do their thing. You know, we don't follow them around like nope. puppy dogs through nope. the whole um, nope. thing. And I have to, you have to explain that because I didn't want the buyers to think that I was being um, like, oh, I'm going to hang out Disinterested. Yeah, disinterested. Yeah. But I said, listen, it's really best that you follow him around because I don't want... You just don't want him to think that I'm there trying to influence him. It's it's a cleaner line. If I stay back, I'll hang here, you know, do some, you know, stuff on my phone or my computer or whatever. And you guys go follow him around. And if you have any questions, you know, he'll call me to point things out to me. So it's 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 more definitive that way. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. And you're there because you want to support your client during mm-hmm. the inspection. Mm-hmm. And if a question does come up. Let's handle it right there while the inspector's there and he knows what he's yeah. looking at. Oh, yeah. There's some funky stuff in some houses that oh, even yeah. the inspector hasn't come across before. No, And definitely. then we can reach out to the list agent who can exactly. ask the seller, who's usually not present at the home inspection, usually it's not. It's preferably not present. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you're there for a purpose. Right. But, yeah, you know, we do follow up on our emails and, you know, yeah. do some other things while the inspection's going on. But we're there. And like you said, you we're sitting aside and letting the inspector do their job. So it is a good point to make. So, um, yeah, we're going to go through a few topics today um, that we're going to discuss. It's kind of chopped up, but it's all, uh, we'll do it in little segments. Okay, yep. Um, Just one of them is um, we have uh, new numbers out um, regarding the pending home sales. So we'll be doing that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about the election, which is, Obviously, right around the corner. Yeah. <clears throat> We're not going to influence anybody or, nope. or say who we favor or anything like that. But as homeowners, um, I think that it's our responsibility to be involved in our communities and have a say in what's going on Absolutely. in our government and um, our local schools and, and whole, things like that. Yeah. So um, that's important to be um, uh, an informed and active Yep. Participant. And what else are we talking about? Um, oh, this was, yeah, well, if we have little tidbits, if uh, we have time on memory and concentration, and that was in the Realtor magazine for this past month. Yeah, that'll be fun. fun. Yeah. I've and uh, what else do we have? Um, some information regarding where to look up who's going to be on your ballot and who you're, okay, good. Uh, you know, people are, uh, that's that you're important. voting for that's so that you important. can, you know, look them up. And then um, I have some information regarding uh, oil. A lot of homes are heated with oil, have oil tanks or maybe abandoned oil tanks. And uh, we've got some information to go over on that. So uh, we're going to take our first break. And when we get back from our break, um, 
We will discuss these topics and uh, maybe some others. I don't know. But um, you're listening to WTBQ on 93.5 FM, 1110 AM. And we'll be right back. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. Are you looking for your dream home? Then choose the best, where we pride ourselves on making your dreams a reality. Our professional agents really listen to your wants and needs and deliver using the latest technology combined with good old fashioned service. Visit randrealty.com for more information. Hi, this is Suzanne Dermany, an associate broker at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty in the Goshen office. Whether you are a first-time buyer or relocating or a seller, rest assured your journey will be a memorable learning experience. For more information, please visit my website at suzanne.dermany.randrealty.com. S-U-S-A-N-N-E dot D as in David, E-R-M-I-G-N-Y dot Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. Hi, this is Mary Ulrich with Cornell Cooperative Extension in Orange County, inviting you to join me and your Orange County farmers on Farm Talk every Wednesday at 12 noon, where you will learn everything agriculture on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Peter Feller of A&T Healthcare, your one call for the finest in home healthcare. Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. to hear the latest news on everything health-related, because your health does matter right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ. I'm gonna Make this place your home. Hi, welcome back to the Real Real Estate Show. Uh, this is Suzanne Germany from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty in the Goshen office, and I'm here with Liz Ridgeway, also with the Goshen office and the Wyckoff office in New Jersey. Yep, great. Okay, so what we're talking about today, we went over our topics, and um, the first one we're going to discuss is uh, how the pending home sales snapped back in September after a four month losing streak. So um, that statistic came out last week, um, and uh, so it's national. Is this a national statistic? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a national report. This is off of um, uh, National Association of Realtors website. Okay, Um, but it's important information, and actually, uh, it's this is an average out snapback because when reading the article, um, the West Coast is up four point five percent. The Midwest, the Midwest is up one point two percent. The Northeast, on a whole is down 0.04%, and the South is down 1.4%, but averaged, um, it's a bounce up, which is good. Um, But so in September, um, the West was the big winner, which is what they're saying here, with the contract signings up 4.5% compared in August and um, the Midwest, and I just went over those stats for you. Uh, The housing market is, they're saying, this article is saying the housing market is out of steam, Northeast or definitely Orange County, is not out of steam. We're out of inventory. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've been saying that all year, though. Yeah. We are very busy. Um, and there was probably a little lull in August, too, you know, in this area, just because that's when you're wrapping up. People are getting in, yeah. their kids into school and whatnot. Right. People are going away for the end of the, the summer. End of the summer, right. And you, we do get that little bit of a lull. But um, I do, it you didn't know, last long. When I talk about the housing market to... Buyers and sellers, you know, I, I, it kind of follows a hallmark schedule. You know, you, it starts off. I always say it starts the third week in January, the, the spring market, and then it kind of keeps creeping up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And then once um, graduations, confirmations, communions, all that stuff happens in this late spring, May and June, the market starts to slow down a little bit. I've always recognized it kind of picking back up at the end of July, early August, because people are kind of, they want to get their kids in the school. So mm-hmm. you've got, you know, the holidays. I mean, once July 4th hits, it's a slow 
season. Yeah. But the end of July, people start thinking, okay, I've got to get kids in school. So now they're focusing on getting their kids in the districts. And then it slows down September into October. And then at the end of October, it starts to, the energy is there again. Do you ever feel that way? I do feel that way. Yeah. And then some people think they missed out on the, you know, whole spring and summer kind of thing. And they're like, oh, I'm going to wait to put my house on the market until next spring. So they're thinking March, you know, in around that area. But I've sold a lot of homes during Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Oh, yeah. People want to get in yeah, the holidays. for the holidays. Yep. They want to be in their new house. Yep. It is a very um, very attractive time to put your house on the market, I think, especially in the fall with the leaves and everybody's got yeah. their houses with the pumpkins outside right. and the mums. So and- when you have, I, I always kind of look at this, sometimes you'll have some properties that, you know, the grass may not be all green yeah. or... You know, the landscaping might be a little weak. And those buyers just might be better off once the leaves start to fall to list it in the fall. Oh, the sellers. When, yeah, the sellers. Yeah, those sellers. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Those right. sellers are, you know, when the leaves start to fall and, you know, that you might be a really good fall listing. Yeah. And uh, just kind of you kind of go with that more sparse look. So I've actually gotten three phone calls this this week for market analysis. Yeah. Um, for houses to list. So um, whether they'll list now or... Um, or the spring, but I, they all want to list now, so we'll see what happens. But uh, so it's definitely um, picked up for me just this week. And again, that to yeah. me, I always kind of analyze it. The third week in October, people start to rev up because they're hoping to be in by, if not Thanksgiving, definitely Christmas. Yeah. And then the systems, the cycle starts all over again. So it's right. kind of funny. Right. But um, but interest rates too. I mean, I'm not sure if that's in this um, article that you pulled. I think it is talking about. Right. Interest rates in here, too. Right. Well, Well, what they're saying is, you know, so once, the you know, everything starts to kind of level out and it's not as aggressive of a market, um, you know, and and the federal government starts talking about interest rates, then that also spurs the market. So they've been talking about pulling them down. And then I got a phone call just on my way here, actually, saying that they were hearing that things aren't. The economy is slowing down, so maybe they won't be upping the interest right. rates because they upped them to slow the economy. Right. That was. Which I don't. I'm not an economist. I yeah. Don't always get that. But... Well, the the economy was doing great, right. full speed ahead, and so they started raising interest rates so it wouldn't be going too quickly right. ahead. It's like let me take it out of the knees, you know. Like, right. <laughs> let's let's raise the rates. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so they did that, and now they don't feel like they well. I know the president has said he doesn't want to see them keep going up. Um, and No one does. No. And I think that right now we're at five is a good number to put out there yeah. about where the rates are currently. And I just mentioned that to somebody and they're like, oh, my God, that they're so high now. I know. I just had the conversation, I swear, on the way here yeah. with my daughter. Yeah. And she's looking at buying a house. And she, I said, she said, well, what interest rate was that calculated? I said, well, you calculated it at 5.0%. You know, 5%. She's like, 5%? That's so high. I said, Molly, it's not that high. No. It's actually historically very, very low. Yes. There were people, not my generation was 21%, but people were paying 21%. On my highest rate was at 8%. Well, when I started out of school working, I worked for um, Chase. But their mortgage division, Chase Home oh, Mortgage cool. I didn't in know Jersey. That. And it was Chase Home Mortgage at one time, but I don't even think that even exists anymore with all Probably the buyouts and the this and the that. But um, when I was writing mortgages, doing like mortgage processing and things like that, in the back office, mm-hmm. the rates were 18%. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I didn't buy until I was almost 30. Right. So, yeah, and so that younger. was, I yeah. was young yeah. and just out of school, you know, and working. That's yeah, crazy. And... People were buying houses, right? you know, and I guess when Carter was in office, they were even higher than that. And then we had the Gulf War, which Mm -hmm. raised interest rates um, while that was going on and things like that. But people were still buying. But what we do see happen, you know, the rates were at three percent, three and a half percent. These buyers now are not able to afford as much in a loan, right? Maybe because as they could have, up. you know, at the three and a half. So their purchase price is being affected by the interest rates going right. up. So although five percent <laughs> is a low interest rate, 
it is affecting people's buying sure, power. Sure, buying power. My my interest rate on my house is 2.67. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and even the mortgage broker was like, what? I, I said, lock it. I don't care. Lock it. He said, I'm locking it. Oh. He says it's the lowest I've ever written. Yeah. I said, it you must, got it right at the right I, time. It just, it was like a blip in the system. Because they fluctuate yeah. daily. <clears throat> yes. And many times do. a day. And that was the other thing I was trying to explain to my daughter. She was like, well, it was 4.7, not that long. I said, but tomorrow might be different. Yeah. You know, it's like, it goes according to the stock market and all that jazz. Right. I said, so it's, it's definitely frustrating. You know, yeah. you, you just want to get the best rate and, you know. Yeah. So waiting. I mean, if you're ready to do stuff, waiting sometimes is the enemy, especially in a climate that we're in right now where the interest rates are on the creeping, rise. Creeping Hopefully up. they are leveling off and they're going to keep them kind of where they are and yeah. not keep raising them. But, you know, we don't know that. And anything that happens in the economy, the market can change that outlook right. on what's happening with the interest rates at any time. I mean, so, I think they've gone up a Three quarters of a point, if not a point, in the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah, which is sad, but um, but anyway, so but on a whole, Orange County is doing very well still, and we have um, you know, so our um, our average selling price comparatively to last year is up eight point four percent, and I think everyone feels that. And in I, Orange I say thank God for that. Because, yeah, oh yeah. Um, thank God for sellers. And we were yeah. eight to ten years in a. Uh, yeah. declining yeah. Terrible price market, market and yeah. it was very depressing and well, it, was it was very long. Right. And with that declining market came, you know, all those foreclosures yeah. and short sales because people couldn't sell. They couldn't. And I'm sure we've discussed short sales, but the short sale is if you need to move and the value of your house it's is less than what you owe, less than what you owe, you have to get the approval of the bank to sell it short of the mortgage, we call everyone calls yeah. them short sales. Because you have to qualify for that. I mean, you can't have $100,000 sitting in your bank account and you're like, well, right. I have a difference of $30,000. Right. Well, you can make that up with the money that's in your bank. Like, you have to prove your hardship. Right, there has to be a but hardship. But that yeah. is what was happening because yeah. people oh, didn't have yeah. that money in their bank. And, 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 and those, you know, those short sales definitely affected people's credit scores also, not as aggressively as a foreclosure, but there's just... It was a tough market. And, and again, and those deals we don't were say tough it in the sense for us, like, oh, real estate agents, it was a tough market. No, it was a tough market for buyers and sellers. Yeah, you know, anybody who owned yeah. a home yeah. or wanted to buy a home, yeah. wanted to sell a home. Yeah, and those transactions are relatively difficult and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. drawn out. And a lot of homes had a lot of damage. I mean, it was, you know, and with the last past 10 years, you know, New loans came out, you know, the two, not whether they came out or not, but the two or three Ks. And... Yeah, they became useful right? because of the right. situation that um, we all found ourselves in, whether right. you're buying, selling or how, trying to help facilitate a deal, yeah. um, you know, working with those type of programs and house sales. Yeah. So this is actually, I feel it in my psyche a little bit that it's a much more positive day at the office lately where you can tell somebody, oh, no, your house is worth right, X versus right. it's only worth right. this much right It used right now. to be so when people would call me and they'd say, hey, I want to sell my house. My first, you know, after saying hello, thank you very much for calling, I'd say, what year did you buy your house? Because yeah. if you bought it anytime around 2005, you most likely don't have the equity in it. So that was always kind of a tough conversation I had to have with people. But now it um, doesn't matter because... Anytime you've sold it, even if you sold it last year, you most likely can um, sell it today yeah. and have a little equity in it. So it's definitely it makes it easier for us as real estate agents because we're salespeople. We like to be the bearer of good news, not bad news. And, um, and So let's and, do the average days on market. Okay, the other... so the average days on market is down 9.1%, which is very good. And the inventory, as we've discussed multiple times, is down also 16.9% from last year, and that's not that good for buyers and sellers, or for buyers, um, but that's just something we've discussed in the past, so. Yeah, all right, so those are all good stats. Um, so we're gonna take our next break, and we'll be back on The Real Real Estate Show, and you're listening to 93.5 FM, 1110 AM, WTBQ. This is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. 
that knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.brandrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. George Ziola is a mortgage loan originator at Hudson United Mortgage, where you'll not have to sacrifice great service for great rates. At Hudson United, George will provide you with the one-on-one service you deserve while structuring the mortgage that's best for you. With a wide range of mortgage options at competitive rates, whether it's a conventional mortgage, an FHA, VA, or USDA loan or renovation loan, George will give you personal service every step of the way and turn your home ownership dreams into a reality. George is licensed in New York and Connecticut and works with over 25 lenders to find you the best deal, one that's customized to fit your budget. George takes the guesswork out of the mortgage process and you will be informed on the progress of your loan every step of the way. George is always available to answer any questions you may have. So what are you waiting for? Contact George now at george.zeolla at hudsonunited.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, this is Dick Robinson. It's the best music ever recorded, and I play it for you every Saturday morning, 5 to 7, here on WTBQ. This is Zach Kruk, sports director for WTBQ. Tune in every weekday morning to the Frank Truad Morning Show to get the latest news, scores, and info about your favorite teams and players. That's every Monday through Friday on the Frank Truad Morning Show right here on WTBQ. WTBQ We see some clouds around this morning, a few more showers. As the system pulls away, the clouds will thin out by evening. Our highs should head in the mid-50s today, rather breezy. Tonight, partly cloudy and quite cool, heading into the mid-30s. Plenty of sunshine, though, coming in for tomorrow. We have a dry middle of the week and a high back into the mid-50s. Look for fair skies tomorrow night with a few clouds, mid to the upper 30s. And increasing clouds, some morning sunshine on Wednesday. Moderating temperatures, though, in the low 60s. I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. WTBQ I'm gonna make this place your and welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show on WTBQ. This is Liz Ridgway with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty out of the Goshen and Wyckoff, New Jersey, Goshen, New York and Wyckoff, New Jersey offices. And I'm here with my co-host. Yay, Suzanne Germany, Goshen office. So we've been talking about a few different topics today on the show. um, And now we're going to switch gears again. um, And we're going to talk about oil, heating with oil. Um, tis the season. I know that some people I've been, you know, looking at posts on Facebook and people are like, who's turned their heat on? I'm trying not to turn my heat on yet. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. And I usually fight to keep my heat off by um, October 1st. I'm sorry, my throat. She's getting all choked up about the, what her heating bill is going to be. <laughs> my heating bills. So, but yeah, but no, I didn't turn it on until really this week. So it has yeah. been bad. You know, maybe early last week we turned it on. Yeah. um, And really, I mean, depending on the kind of house you live in, is it newer? Is it older? Some of the older homes don't have the best insulation in them. Um, They're drafty. um, And you tend to turn on your heat a little earlier than some other people who are maybe a newer house or have done, you know, redone some stuff in their older homes or have the newer windows, uh, more energy efficient houses. But um, yeah, our heat's been on. Um, this past week too, and, and because um, it was so damp, that was really yeah. the driver for me. Yeah, <clears throat> was the dampness right? Because you couldn't really, um, you know, warm up with uh, warm up. that chill, that damp chill. And then, you know, we haven't really done our wood like we usually do by now. Um, and so, you know, I would have started maybe the wood burning fireplace to get the chill out of the air, mm-hmm. but no, we turned the heat on and. Uh, we had somebody come into one of our office meetings recently from the Hudson Valley Oil and Energy Council, which is a not-for-profit, and um, he came in to talk to us as real estate agents, um, and he gave us like a little guide on um, 
selling oil heated homes. So some things that we should know. And again, you know, we're not experts <laughs> in certain specific components of a home. We're experts in our area that we, you know, sell in. We're experts in taking the client through the process, negotiating for them, uh, you know, knowing our product. But, um, you know, we're not specifically well-versed on any of these things, nor do we want to be. We're not an expert. But I figured it's nice to bring this resource out. I did not even know that this existed, um, this Hudson Valley Oil and Energy Council. And um, it's a resource for homeowners to use to... um, have somebody counsel them on a home that has oil heat in it. So um, as we bring clients out into the field and we show them homes, um, some people are very unfamiliar with the type of heating we have out here, the oil tanks, the propane tanks. They're used to maybe what they had in the city if they're coming from an area like that where, you know, they just turn on the thermostat and uh, the gas comes through. They've got the natural gas. Yeah, a lot of times the oil freaks people out. Totally. Yeah. 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 Like big time. They're like, whoa, whoa. I said, well, all these houses that you picked out in the country, yeah, they have to be heated somehow. It's it's oil, so it's, it's oil. not so bad. So you know, there are differences between natural gas heated homes, oil heated homes, propane heated homes, and so um, the speaker that came in went uh, through and gave us some information. So and there's uh, above ground tanks and below ground tanks, and mm-hmm. that's something that gets people worried too. If the tank's below ground, what are we supposed to do? Do I buy a house with a below ground tank? Is the seller going to bring the tank up? Yeah, I mean, I always counsel my sellers to bring the tank up before they list. I think that's in yeah. their own best interest. Yeah. And once you have a buyer um, breathing down your back regarding your buried oil tank, um, you're, you kind of regret having not taken care of it. So, so for- and it has to be done by a New York State certified contractor yes bring it above ground and for those sellers out there who are thinking right now i have a below ground oil tank yeah um should i bring it up what is that going to cost me so he gave us um some numbers so he said that it would be anywhere between three to four thousand dollars to remove an underground tank and replace it more if it's in a weird spot, like under a driveway, right, right. like under a, a deck, deck or a right. patio. And they're out you know, there. And they are out there. Yeah. yeah. So um, three to $4,000 to remove. Uh, more if it's in a, a weird situation, a weird, a weird location. Or twelve to uh, $1,200 to $1,500 to decommission the tank. Yeah, so, I'm not that comfortable with decommissioning. I'd it depends. Come out. It depends. It's okay to decommission it. Uh, but you may not have a buyer who's okay with it being decommissioned, right. Um, right. and they feel it. like they would rather <laughs> it be removed. Um, so this is all part of negotiation process right. too. We don't just get into you know prices of houses, but we get into other factors within the home that make people either want to buy or negotiate something that they can live with and want to move ahead with the the right. process. I had I recently had a transaction um, where. The tank was decommissioned, mm-hmm. and the seller couldn't find the paperwork. They didn't remember who did it. Yep. And at that point, you might as well have had a buried oil tank with an oil spill all over the place because <clears throat> the buyer has no interest in that. They want it out of the ground. And they, and at that point, you have to now – so now you have to pay an updated price. You have to have the soil tested because they want to make sure that the soil's clear all the way around the property, right. you know, where the tank was. So really, you're just better off, in my opinion. And when we say below ground, we don't mean in your basement below the ground. We mean in the dirt buried on your property. Um, right, yeah, <clears throat> because if it's in your basement or in your garage and it's sitting on top of your... Concrete. Yeah, your foundation slab, concrete, yeah. you're, in, you're above ground because you can visually see if there's a leak in the tank. Right. This is... Under the soil, like right where we can't it can't be visualized. Right. But um, so talking about <clears throat> leaks, mm-hmm. um, how much is the average cost for a cleanup? So you know it could be a lot, but sometimes it's not that overwhelming. So it, he said the average cost of a cleanup is eight to twelve thousand dollars. Now that is a significant amount of money. 
that's the average cost. Yeah, I've heard of some nightmares. Yeah, if there is a real big situation where it had been leaking for a while mm-hmm. or a lot of oil in the tank um, and it got serious down yeah. into a lot of the soil and you've got to take out a lot of the earth around it, that could be, you know, tens of thousands Yeah, of I had dollars. a girlfriend of mine who actually was a real estate agent in Goshen and her oil tank was buried on her property. She didn't install it there. She just took it out. It had leaked and run downhill and run into mm-hmm. the neighbor's yard. Mm-hmm. It exceeded four hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god. About fifteen years ago. That's insane. So her insurance company did pick it up. I was all, just gonna say ones do. A cost like that, do you shoulder it all or is there insurance? And there are insurance <clears throat> companies who insure underground oil tanks. But not all insurance companies insure underground oil tanks. And he gave us a few. I mean, I'll read them because it's, I guess, public information. Um, And if you went to them for information, they'd give you the same information. But um, he said Chubb. Chubb uh, insures underground tanks. Farmers, uh, a company in Philadelphia. And NJM, which is New Jersey Manufacturers. Now, you know, tomorrow one of these companies could say we're no longer covering that. But as the time he gave us this information, those were some of the um, insurance companies, he said, that do cover mm-hmm. uh, insuring an underground tank. Um, he also talked about the age of the tanks because, you know, oh, yeah. we'll have people and they'll be worried. But he said a 40 to 50 year old tank is and can be in perfectly good condition. So they they can be uh, perfectly intact. Mm-hmm. Um you know, nothing got to it to rot it, rust it, pit it, get, you know, a hole in it and cause it to leak. So even though the age of the tank may be old, it may be in perfectly good condition. That's not to say, you know, people would be comfortable just leaving it there and wanting to buy, you know, it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong. So right. I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> something even a 40 to 50 years old is yeah. maybe nothing to worry about. But you may well, want that to makes have me it feel good out of the ground. Because I'm 50. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm not pitted or rusted anywhere myself. So I look back and say, okay, that's not so bad. Right. <laughs> You're in good shape. I'm in Susie. good shape, yeah. You held up good. Um, let's see. Um, you know, you can shop different oil suppliers, too. Um, you, If you own your tank... And you can go to any one of the oil suppliers and shop the price. And so, you know, we asked, what is the average price right now per gallon of of oil? And let me see if I was efficient and took my my notes. Um, mm, I think he said $2.99 a gallon. Um, I don't really see it written down here, but I think that's what he said, $2.99 a gallon. So if you're shopping around, I mean, I have to get my tank. I have oil and I have to call to get my tank filled. Um, and uh, yeah, high twos, he said. Yeah, 2.96. Yep, high twos. So <clears> thank <throat> you. See, Suzanne just Googled it. Google is a Bam. good tool. Bam, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So the forecasts stay close to where they are now. So the prices should stay close to where they are now. He said that as of August 18th, I mean, uh, October 18th, Energy prices were at 13-year low from two years ago, up 20% today. So um, we were at a 13% right. low two I, years ago. But I did just hear that the price of oil just went down this week also. Oh, I'm glad. Because yeah. you know what? I was going to call for my oil delivery last week. And I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of gauge it when I see the gas prices at the pump. Right. I'm like, mm, they just went up. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should. Maybe I'll wait another week. Yeah. But. The thing to realize is that if you're not on an automatic right, delivery, a contract with your co- with the company, you need to keep an eye on how much oil is in your tank, right? Uh, because you don't want it to go below a certain um, percentage That's in the so tank. That's so risky. You're really best to be on a contract. Yeah, I don't think I would let mine go below. A- he said a quarter. A ha- okay, a quarter. A quarter is half. the minimum. Now I call it about three eighths full mm-hmm. um but a quarter and the reason for that is not that you just don't want to be you know left with oh i have no heat tonight and it's freezing um because nobody's going to just run out there and if they do you're going to pay a, a large amount of money but um he had said that um you don't want it to go below a quarter because of the sediment so we're up on our next break um we'll listen to our sponsors so stay tuned
Hi, this is Liz Ridgway, a licensed real estate salesperson specializing in the Orange County, New York and Bergen, Passaic and Sussex County, New Jersey areas. I'm an expert in helping my clients find their dream home and will further assist with the best attorney, mortgage and inspector referrals to make the process a stress-free journey. I'm located out of the Goshen, New York office and my Wyckoff, New Jersey office. Visit me at lizridgway.randrealty.com and get your boxes packed. O'Keefe and McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe and McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. If you missed the Frank Truett Show, here's what you missed. I wonder if our Orange County executive, Steve Newhouse, knows about that interview we did this morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? I always say, ask yourself, are you better off now than you were, you know, in 2013? So, Absolutely. You know, That's the question everybody should be their litmus test. Or the other thing I used to say is, uh, would you hire this person to work for you? Oh, that's a good one. I yeah, like Steve, that. you want to do sales for us? we got a job <laughs> open right there, actually. Yeah, I mean. The Frank Truat Show, weekday mornings till 9 on WTBQ. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your Hi, welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show on WTBQ. You're listening to 93.5 FM or 1110 AM. And Suzanne Dermody and I from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty in the Goshen office have been talking about uh, several topics today, but we um, left for the last break talking about uh, a guest speaker we had in our office meeting recently. uh, And he was talking about homes with oil heat and he was from the Hudson Valley Oil and Energy Council. And I'd really like to ask him if he would be on a show yeah, with that us would be great. to discuss this. So um, we'll let you know if um, he'll be coming on and when. But it's a not-for-profit. Um, you know, they do this to educate people mm-hmm. on um, oil heat in their home and about oil tanks and what the best approach is uh, for dealing with an oil tank and the issues that come with it. Which is great because, as I said, there are people who get wigged out about it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's a deal killer. You my know. first house was oil. We didn't have any issues. Have you, and you yeah. right now have oil, don't you? Yeah. And we owned a home that had propane heat for 23 years. Oh, wow. So that's a cleaner burning oil. How oil, was that? It was good. I mean, you know, you had to call and make sure you got your propane delivery uh, or go on a, a program schedule um but it was fine that's a cleaner burning and you it's a furnace Mm -hmm. for propane or natural gas that you use Mm -hmm. to heat Mm -hmm. um in a oil burning it's a boiler it's a boiler and that's a dirtier burn yeah Um, sometimes you'll have a little residual yeah so you need more i think maintenance and cleanup on your boiler than you do on a furnace right when you see an oil furnace or boiler and a yeah. gas furnace. You're like, one is clean and one's dirty. Yeah, because the oil is a dirtier burning yeah. um, fuel. But um, he did mention about um, um, bio heat, which is um, an ultra-low sulfur fuel. Ultra-low sulfur fuel. So basically he said, we're using this blend right now oh, wow. um, where... It's grown domestically. It cuts down on emissions and particulate, and there's no modification to existing systems. Mm. And this grown heat source is like soybean and yeah. sunflower. Is it? What's the price on that? Well, he said it's already <clears throat> a blend in the oil that we're purchasing. So our oil suppliers are supplying us with 
a blended oil wow. right now. Wow. Yeah. And um, it's only a s- small portion of this um, alternate mm-hmm. fuel source that's in mixed in with the oil. But eventually it'll become more and more of the percentage of the blend. Um, but right that now. That is I, so cool. I didn't even know that. No, I didn't know that no. either. I, and I wasn't in this class. I was take actually taking a continuing education class. The day we had this meeting. The day we had so this you missed meeting. this guy. Yeah, I missed okay. this guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, in New Jersey, when somebody buys a home, I've not done this in New York, and I don't know if it's um, something that's customary, um, but in New Jersey, we do what's called a tank sweep. Um, when we like do the home inspection, the home inspector may uh, do that service, or you have to call a tank sweep company outside of your home inspector who goes around with one of those metal detectors on the property and sweeps the property for any underground tanks. Because what happens is, I guess in New Jersey, um, there were a lot of underground tanks and they were able to switch over to like gas. So those underground tanks are no longer being used, whereas here, it's still the fuel source. Right. But in Jersey, there was a conversion, I think. So, um, you know, was the tank taken up out of the ground? Is it still under there? Was it decommissioned or is it just sitting there with oil in it? Right. Um, Which happens. Yeah. But so we do a tank sweep as part of the inspection process. And um, the guy goes around with... uh, metal detector and if he finds an underground tank uh it's the seller's responsibility to bring that up period right if my buyer buys a house without doing a tank sweep and finds the tank later now it's on them to bring that tank up so i recommend to all my new jersey buyers have the tank sweep done it's only a couple hundred dollars yeah no Um, definitely and if there is one it's off of them, and it's on the seller to do that. Right. Yeah. It's just best to do things on the up and up, and yeah. you know, because an inspector always. It's like sometimes um, a seller will say, "Okay, we want to list next week, next year. Let's get all our ducks in a row." They get their oil tank, they bring it up. They've got a friend who does it. Tank comes up. They put a really pretty one in the house, and uh, everything's great. <clears throat> so then they find a buyer. The buyer has an inspection. And the inspector is downstairs in the basement, and he sees this rather shiny tank. Um, and he looks at that, and he says, oh, that's a new tank. Where was the old tank? And right. then they look up, and they look around, and they can always figure out yes. that there was yeah. a line that went out through that foundation into the ground. Yeah, because sometimes that old piping is still there, but it's just like pinched off mm-hmm. and you can still see where it had come in and they pinched off that lead into the tank or or even that they ha- there's a hole yeah or there's a freshly painted hole or yeah, there's a freshly giveaways painted wall i mean yeah these guys are so smart they know what they're doing and it's yeah. just best again to you know you know what's funny about that i was in a basement recently in new jersey and it w- it looked like and it did turn out to be what it looked like. <laughs> Always. <laughs> well, it looked like when you just like drop a blob of paint or the yeah. cement, there was like a blob of cement. And when you paint it over with that gray paint, you yeah, just painted over this blob. Right. But the and the home inspector said, this looks like. Oh, wow. That's a good one. A sign that there was an oil tank here. But it wasn't. It was just the blob of, of oh, cement. Oh, blob of paint. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Um, <clears throat> but. That is one of the indicators, too, I guess, on these little, like, um, imperfections in the concrete. Concrete. Mm-hmm. If it looks a certain way, it may be where the um, the Pipe line came in. Yeah. yeah. So it didn't turn out to be that, which was good because my the, the seller, I had the listing there, and the seller kept saying, I know, there was never, that's not from an underground tank. That's, a, that's nothing. And the buyer was like, mm-hmm. I don't believe you. I want that <laughs> checked out. And it did check out to be nothing. Uh, and it was just, you know, that's the imperfection so in the yeah. cement or paint that that's was down cute, there. But that there are uh, giveaways. So I had said this sweep cost maybe a couple hundred dollars, maybe up to like $300. And if you do a soil test, it's about $500 plus or minus to do a soil sampling around an underground tank to see if there were any leaks. Um, totally worth it. So totally worth it. And um, 
also it just um is a um one less thing to worry about. You've checked it out. Everybody's comfortable and moving forward. Um, or if you do find something, you know that it has to get rectified. Um, but they have these guides um, for the real estate professional, the homeowner. Um, I think there's some Q&As in here. I'll see if I can get to And I'm sure all this is on avail possibly available online. So if they right. looked up this council at the Hudson Valley Oil and Energy Council, yeah. you know. Go for it. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, so we have a few minutes left. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to give a big shout out to the Coat Drive. Yes. That was here at WTBQ. Um, the Coat Drive is over, but uh, it was a tremendous success. Liz and I were buried in coats uh, during our previous um, radio shows. So the communities really came out and supported it, which is really great to help other people. So yeah. that was uh, a really big thing. Really, really great. Yeah, WTBQ did a great job on yeah, that uh, coat always. drive. And, uh, you know, a lot of very giving people. Um, you know, if you're not going to use it, um, it needs to go to somebody who can. Right, definitely. Um, oh, I think we were going to talk about voting. Um, oh, yes, yeah. very important. Quick. Very important. So the last, we have like three minutes left. So the last few minutes of the show, um, we'll just say that... Um, we wanted to bring up voting because as a homeowner, you're part of a community. You own a home in whatever town you've bought in, and there are local elections, school elections, uh, and now we have, um, you know, a general election where there are um, Congress, people up for... Um, yeah, everything. Congressmen. <laughs> everything um, but the president. Everything but the president. And if you don't know who is running in your district... And you want to do your homework, which I recommend you do. I'm a proponent of whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, that you don't just blindly vote your line. I mean, and that's just my opinion, because I've gone off of my line and voted for the other side. I haven't. <laughs> just because I've known that candidate. Oh, I've yeah. followed oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what they're doing for the area. And I don't feel like... I want to put somebody in there just because they're a Republican or right. a Democrat. Oh, yeah. Local politics, yeah. Especially yeah. local politics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, you know, who's on, how many people on this side of the aisle and how many people on that side of the aisle and the whole thing about that. But I really feel like you have to do your homework on the candidate. Now, there's a website called Ballotpedia, B-A-L-L-O-T-P-E-D-I-A. Uh, Ballotpedia. It's either .com or .org, but look up Ballotpedia, and that'll tell you. They ask you to put your address in. You don't have to put your email address, even though it asks for it. You can skip that. Put your home address with your zip code, and it will pull up what your sample ballot will look like. Oh, you're so good, Liz, okay. to get this information for people. Polls are open from 6 to 9, <clears throat> November 6th, um, and you really, really need to just go to Google Look up each of the candidates' platforms. Mm -hmm. It's all online. Go to their websites. This will sample ballot will give you the name of each one of the people that are running in that particular for that particular office. It'll tell you who the incumbent is. It'll tell you, you know, if they're a Republican, a Democrat, Green Party. Um, but at least you'll see for each, um, you know, position that they're running for. Who it is, look right. up their information, do your homework, go to reputable sites, and um, you know, it really is. Um, it really is yeah, something yeah. so important. <clears throat> it used to be. Excuse me. <clears throat> I used to write for the Independent Republican in Goshen, and um, I used to say, "Well, we should put a banner up to say vote," and they said, "No, we don't want anyone voting who doesn't know what they're voting about." Now, become, so, educated become educated and be a voter. And we thank you for tuning yep. in to our show yet again this week. And we look forward to being on the air again soon. And thank you for tuning in to WTBQ, The Real Real Estate Show.